There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <coughs> oh. There it goes. That's, um... <coughs> Claudia Winkleman's weekly shoe drop. Um, goes over via helicopter it goes over our house to the Strictly Studios on Friday afternoon hey I'm Sean Keaveney this is another edition of Sean Keaveney's creative cul-de-sac where we take a deep dive into lost ideas it's a symposium of dead ideas uh, things that you jotted down that never went anywhere I've got fucking millions of them and yes, it is a bit sweary. Um, the sh- I should actually do give give a, bit of a disclaimer on this particular episode. It does finish with a very bawdy song written by Bob Dylan. Um, not sure where it came from, actually. I mean, it's my rendition of it, but um, it's not surfaced on any of the Bob Dylan bootlegs thus far, which is surprising to me. Because they had all those... Was it the Whitmark years or whatever it was? You know, there's like a sort of exhaustive... Um, reissue of many of uh, Dylan's bootlegs and offcuts and recordings which wasn't there so it's a real exclusive but it, I, I do warn you in case there are children listening why are they if they are should be at school or watching Justin Fletcher or something hey I want a pint um, maybe get them to close their ears at the end and at the beginning because there's a lot of fucking swearing in this edition so where do we start? Where, when they begin. Le begin. Incidentally, um, I've just had a bit of early lunch. It's it's just it's not even 11.30 yet. I've got a cup of stovetop coffee on the go here. One and a half sugars. Don't judge me. And my wife, who shall remain nameless, it was our youngest's birthday a few days ago and she put on a cracking spread not a daughter she's only two for fuck's sake she's not that fast a developer my wife did and she made some pulled pork all you know the you know the rules now all pork must be pulled all caramel must be salted those are the new rules of the millennium and she made a cracking pulled pork and we're still working our way through it and she said to me today sean that pork has to be eaten or else it's going to go off so I hurled myself on the pork sword this morning and uh, fixed myself a finger of finest pulled pork on a finger roll and it's gone down a fucking treat 
So that's where we're at. I'm going to work my way through a few bits and bobs and any other business. You might, you never know, you, Mark Maron in, in, in a voice might pop up at some point, but I hope not because he depresses me, makes me feel less than. So today I'm just going to, somebody shut the, will somebody please email me and tell me how to turn that fucking thing off? Uh, just bits. Oh, fuck me. There's going to be another one in a minute. It's my Google Calendar. I just don't know how to deactivate it. Come on. Come on. Finished? Good. Mostly um, bits from my iPhone today. A couple of bits from the trusty mahogany box. Oh, I fucking told you. I think that's it now. Oh, no, that's my accountant. Oh, Jesus, I'm in deep shit. I'll reply to that in a minute, Fraser. No, I haven't got any savings. Fuck me. Anyway, first thing I'm going to read out is just an idea that I just sketched. I just literally wrote into my iPhone. And this this is to do with my youngest child, my daughter, who shall also remain nameless. Because, you know, essentially we're like Kim and Kanye, me and the wife. You know, we can't go out the fucking front door without getting papped. So we're trying to keep some semblance of private life, if you don't mind. But I've written here, uh, the baby had balloons. Pop them, she instructed. I said, are you sure? She said, yes, daddy. So sweet. So we popped them. And then she said, want them back. Isn't that poignant? I've written harsh life lesson in loss. <sighs> I'm such a good parent. I'm not. Oh, a bit too much sugar in that. I've only got 14% of my battery left, so I better make this quite a quick one today. Yeah, I should have thought of that, shouldn't I? I'm going to give you some bits of stand-up that I've found from Glastonbury. As I've said before, I've done quite... I must have done upwards of eight or nine sets for Simon and Matt at the Crow's Nest at the top of the park stage over the years from about 2012 through to 2019. And the quality of the performances has varied from perfunctory to brilliant mostly hovering around perfunctory I found a little set list in one of my notebooks uh, strongest stuff these are my sort of skip bits Scotland, piss, ISIS knitting circle, funerals, pottery kids and snapchat, upon my death antibiotics, keys, uncle name that virus that I thought was a funny little bit that I did in one of my podcasts my sort of live and languorous podcasts once with a studio audience uh, because I used to do um, I used to have a projector and project photos off my laptop and I did a little name that virus sketch I think it was around the time of the Ebola fear uh, you remember about 2014-15 I got fucking terrified but I didn't want to get on the tube with the kids and stuff I thought we we're all going to get Ebola and die that is coming isn't it you know We'll look back on COVID with fucking fondness probably in 40 years time. Go, oh, that was an easy one. That was a great one, that wasn't it? COVID, remember COVID? Oh, it was fucking brilliant. I got I got 10,000 in bed without the kids. I was fucking brilliant. Not like this Ebola. I've been shitting out my fucking kidneys, mate. I've got four hours to live. You know, anyway, keeping it as light as we can. 
but yeah, I, the, the the bit was that I just uh, flash up uh, like electron microscope, pho- pho- microscope photographs of viri and get the the audience to guess what they were. You know, common cold, absolutely right. You know. Anyway, uh, I'm going to read out a little bit of stand up here. So forgive me again. It's always a bit weird, I think, when I do stand up bits because I'm not performing it really. I'm reading it. So forgive me, but I think it's interesting anyway. I love Edinburgh. So this is when I was in Edinburgh. Thanks, Sean, for that side note. Fucking want to work that out. I love Edinburgh, though. My favourite place is the rather non-Scottish Mosque Kitchen. That's a little note. For people who know Edinburgh, they'll know the Mosque Kitchen. It's a fantastic Indian cafe. We used to eat there every day when we did our Edinburgh Festival shows for Six Music. I love the place, but I, I, I do love London as well, where I live, you know. Though I do live four miles from the biggest collection of arseholes outside Gene Simmons' Polaroid collection. That's right, the Houses of Commons. It's rude, but I like it. One of the things that upsets me about modern Britain is the lack of journalistic standards these days, though. I read a headline yesterday, I've seen it many times over the last few years, that simply read, Massive Tory Cuts. How could the sub-editors miss the N out of a headline that big? I did that joke about 2014. I've seen many people do that joke subsequently. I'm not saying they got it off me. I'm just saying that I was in there as well. I do miss the North, though, I say. Five pound for a shandy down south. And then I say something about I could buy a house in Hamilton for about that amount of money, etc. Lazy North, South cliche, etc., etc. Seriously, though, folks, it's out of control now. You know, it costs 50p for a piss in central London now. 50p per pee. It's one thing to be priced out of the property market in London, quite another to be priced out of the piss market. But no, adults are walking around London going, why have you wet yourself? You know, because I couldn't get the money together to have a piss, that's why. It was explained to me that the reason these toilets with the barriers have been put in are to dissuade them from being used for cottaging. But for 50p, I would expect to be tossed off. Always got a good laugh, that bit. And I've got a system now to get my money's worth out of these 50p toilets. I go through the barrier, pay my 50p, have a sit-down wee, and then I sit there and wait until I need a shit. Sometimes for hours. That's how I get my fucking money's worth. I'd be buggered if I'm getting out of there in a hurry. Turns out I probably will end up being buggered. So that was a nice bit of stand-up, I thought. Just a little pause to check that we're still recording. I've not run out of tape. Ten exact minutes so far. It's felt like longer, hasn't it? Let's go back to the material. I found this as well. I've got a film idea here. And why not? The film is called The Accountant. Has there been a film recently called The Accountant? I've got a feeling there has been. But this is from years ago, this. This idea. And it's about a very successful accountant who makes millions of pounds, dollars, let's keep it American, simply by being slightly creative about his clients' accounts whilst remaining completely within the law. Easy to do. And I've just written, I have this idea for one particular scene. The accountant is in Las Vegas. He's writhing with two naked women on a bed, covered in receipts. At one point, he grabs them up in his fists as the women writhe behind him, holds them up 
into the sky and laughs and says, I'll claim for it all. So again, I thought that was quite funny. What about this? Grand Theft Auto, special edition, picking up shopping for your grandma, nipping to B&Q for paint. Has anybody done that as a joke yet? You know, if I was really... I'm sure I've got some mates who could mock that up. You know, like a really faithfully reproduced Grand Theft Auto, Gran Theft Auto, or something. Um, Gran, instead of Grand Theft Auto, then it'd be Gran Errand Auto, where you're the grandson and you have to do errands for your grandmother. Like I say, you you go out for some shortbread, you uh, drop a betting slip off for her, bring her a quarter bottle of rum, clear out some detritus from the back garden, all that kind of shit. It's a brilliant idea. Isn't it? I don't know. One of my wonderful listeners, Charlotte Bond, reminded me recently and I don't know how she knows about this because I'm sure she's probably too young to have been at one of the stand-up shows where I'd performed this routine but I, and I must have performed it once or twice in my entire career in inverted commas in stand-up but she said do you remember when you did that routine about uh, Roy Orbison song I drove all night it was I honestly thought it was really funny but again I've got a feeling that somebody else did a different a sort of similar thing to it so I, I think I discontinued it out of a lack of confidence but I just used to sing the song and then comment on it uh, as if I was the woman that Roy was singing to you know I drove all night to get to you is that alright oh, a bit weird but yeah I suppose if you're that desperate for a shag I drove all night, crept in your room. Whoa, 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 whoa. you did what? You Okay, you crept into my room. Okay, probably didn't scan. I see what you're saying. Go on, carry on. Woke you from your sleep. Whoa, 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 not on. You know how much I need my fucking sleep, how crabby I get if I don't get it. What you do, coming all this way in the middle of the night, three o'clock, shaking me awake with your hard on, waggling in my face and your fucking sunglasses, you weirdo. To make love to you. Is that alright? Call the fucking cops. This guy's a pervert. Told you it was a sweary version, and I've I make no fucking apologies for that. How long have we got left? Let's have a look. I'm trying to keep these to as close to fifteen minutes as I can. Fourteen eleven, look at that. I'll tell you what then, why don't we why don't we do why don't we finish on the strong song? Okay, because it, having a look through my exhaustive notes, I find an incredible find, which was um, from the Bob Dylan archive. God knows why Bob Dylan and his people haven't released this, as I said at the top of this podcast, because it's absolute gold. <coughs> I have got no copy of a recording of Bob doing it but we've just got the words and the and the chords so I'm going to try and bring it to life for you now it's just a snippet a snatch, a tiny snatch of a song that he wrote about for Joan Baez 
1963. No recording exists, it's just a scrap of paper that was found in his attic on which were inscribed these words and chords. The title, For Joan. I just hope I can do it justice. I've lost my fucking plectrum. Put your smackers round my knackers Put your gums round my plums Will you talk too dirty to me? Put your thumb up my bum Will it make it look bigger If I shave all my pubes And have you brought the loop? Oh God, that's so beautiful For Joan from Bob Okay, uh, thereby closing yet another um, terrifying snapshot into the mind and the notebook of Sean Keaveney. It's time to look in to the mercurial, murky, notebook straddling world of our next guest on Sean Keaveney's creative cul de sac. Put your smackers round my neckers. Put your gums round my plums. Our next cul-de-sac dweller is such a household name in his native Scotland he can't walk down the street in Glasgow without being hit on, selfied or hoist by his own catchphrases. Much like the wonderful comic actor Karen Dunbar, unlike Iron Brew, he is yet to cross over into mainstream madness under the wall, but his comic writing, his timing, his characters are the stuff of comic legend. Just a glance at his Twitter feed and you will see him mint at least two Lol tabulous jokes per day, which I think is a pretty amazing strike rate for anybody. Um, Navid from Still Game, AJ in River City. I mean, look at these credits. He was in the Stan and Ollie film, Hope Springs, Rabsi Nesbit, Fresh Meat, Meet the Magoons. It's Sanjeev Kohli. Hello. Hello, how are you? Well, I'm better than you because you've got a cold. I've got a cold. I've got a cold. But um, <clears throat> it's really weird, like, um, speaking to you in person because, you know, I feel like you've been a presence in my house for so long. But also because... Our, our most recent sort of um, Twitter exchange was me seeing your names on a writing credit. Mm. Turns out we wrote for the same show and I didn't even know. I'm watching, an, there, there was a show called, because people outside of Scotland might not be aware, but um, Can Dunbar, who you just mentioned, absolutely fantastic writer performer, mm. um, uh, had her own sketch show for a while and uh, made it in the early 2000s. And mm. me and Donnie McCleary, who I write Fags, Mags and Bags with, we were almost like, not the main writers, but we, We'd worked with Karen Lode, so we got loads to do, which is a joy because she's just one of those people you can give her anything and she'll make it work. Mm. But like Lisa Cudrow, she'd make anything funny. Mm. And um, just, I'm watching an old episode on the on the Scottish Channel, and your name pops up. I'm like, it's, it's possible there's more than one Sean Keaven in the business, but unlikely. And then, yeah, you'd written a sketch for that show. So, weirdly, we had been on the same writing team without that, even knowing it. it. It made my day, that. And, and I actually got to meet Karen not that long ago, a couple of years ago, probably, on, on the 
on some Radio 4 programme and, and got to tell her. Because me and my mate Steve Burke, this is kind of one of the origins of this podcast, Sean Keevney's Creative Cul-de-Sac, he said in the third person. Because I've got this treasure trove, this colossal mahogany trunk. It's actually one of those IKEA paper boxes full of fucking notebooks and ideas that haven't gone anywhere. And that's kind of the point. But me and my mate Steve... That was how it all started about 20 years ago. We decided we were gonna become sketch writers because we thought we were funny. And none of them got bought except one. I got 150 quid and, and the Karen Dunbar show bought it, the one that you're talking about. And I know the sketch you're talking about. It was the jazz singer that never actually gets to sing anything, which is which I remember thinking at the time was um, really good, but also it felt like it came from somewhere else. Weirdly, because Karen does musical stuff, like, but she tends to do her own musical stuff. So this is obviously the joke was she didn't get to sing, which I thought was a brilliant um, kind of a, a mechanism anyway. But um, it's so gratifying to find out that you wrote it. Well, this is it. This is why you're here, uh, Sanjeev, as well as just being big in the game uh, of comedy. And, and certainly, like I say, especially in Scotland, you're, you're a bit, you have a sort of quasi-legendary status. But to me, uh, this is a, a sort of first question to you before we dig into some of your stuff. Like... I feel like you're a kindred spirit because you, you, you seem always to be on the lookout for a joke. I'm a, is that fair to say? Yeah, no, I, um, I remember an incident when I was... Um, incident's too much of a... It's, it's bigging up too much. Um, the year must have been 1981 because it was the year that Bucks Fizz um, won Eurovision with Making Your Mind Up, okay? So that's... Because this is important to the story. So... <clears throat> The school I used to go to, I would make sure I went early because I loved to play football before school. Um, and I, I just remember I had a joke in my head, which I'd made up myself. And the joke was, that I can't remember how I would have phrased it because I never actually told it, thankfully, because I'd have been bullied relentlessly. But the joke was going to be something like, did, did anyone see that uh, show last night about... Um, um, about frying eggs it was called Panorama okay now oh yes so I'm, I'm 11 years old Sean 10 or 11 I've got no business doing jokes like that thankfully Brian Rooney jumped in before me and said does anyone know where Bucksfizz are going on the holiday they haven't made their minds up yet and that got a massive laugh and I remember thinking park that Panorama joke for the rest of your life so I'm obviously thinking in those ways quite early doors um and as a huge, huge consumer of comedy, I'm, you know, like, you know, we're both of a generation where there were only three channels and then four when we were sort of like, I guess you'd have been eight or nine when Channel 4 arrived. And anything vaguely comedy related, we would like tape and watch and watch. I, I remember watching episodes of uh, the Kenny Everett uh, tele, uh, video show like over and over and over again to the point where we even used to dub over the voices on the on, on the VHS player, which is something you could do. Um, so no, I'm obsessed with comedy, but... I was also incredibly, like, clinically shy. Like, I would run upstairs if guests came to the house. So I never thought performing would ever be something I did. I never thought writing would be anything I would do. I just loved consuming comedy, and, and, and I loved... I'm quite mathematical, and there's, there's obviously loads of maths in humor. It is. It's that the, 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 the rule of three and stuff like that, isn't it? It's oh, completely, completely. I mean, the rule of three, I mean, it's so, it's so basic, isn't it? It's like one, two, three, the, 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 the three-act um, 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 structure of films and, and all the rest of it. And also, I mean, I, I, did a, I did a tweet yesterday, but I have to say it's a repeat of one I did before, which I'm quite proud of, which is everything that in England that um, outside of Nottingham is called Tingham. <laughs> and the thing is that that's actually a Venn diagram of a joke, if you think about it, because you've got the circle and you've got the universe outside the circle. So that's pure maths, that joke. And that's the sort of, I, I guess, because I'm quite mathematical and... I know that maths and comedy and music are all intellect. They're all about rhythm. I mean, the best jokes have got a beautiful rhythm about them as well, don't they? 
So I, I, I guess I just came from, because I'm mathematical, humus just seemed to fit in quite nicely. I mean, there's so much to go at. And, and you know, the, 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 the CV is extremely long. And we're not, we're not actually here to, to pick into that. What we're really here to do is look into this, this little treasure trove of forgotten ideas. You know, this is like the expo of dead ideas. This. <laughs> and, um, and, and that's why I like hearing things like your first joke, you know, sort of yeah. uh, panorama. Let's, let's dig in now and let's read us something from your, your notes that you, either you're secretly proud of and you think might, should need a bit more heat or you just think, oh, I forgot about well, let's this. Let's have a look then. Um, you know, what I was going to say was the very first thing that Donnie and I wrote together actually was, so what happened was, did you ever write for Weekending? Was that something no. you ever did? No. So this was the Radio 4, it's not, don't look for it, it's not there anymore, but it was a Radio 4 uh, topical sketch show uh, and it was voracious. I mean, it was like uh, you know, millions of writers on it and um, you had your, your, your commissioned writers and your non-com writers. So they were writers like us that were kind of at the bottom of the of the of the chain who would, would be lucky to get something on. Um, I think eventually I did get a commission, but the point was, was that Weekending used to tour around Britain. So they'd occasionally do it from Glasgow. So there was, God, going back to 97, this is, um, it was um, being done in Glasgow. And so they got all the Scottish writers together and I've never seen a collection of more bitter hacks. It was, you know, I remember there's one guy that was actually on his lunch break from his job at the bank and he just looked miserable. And I looked around the room and there's only one guy that seemed to be even like kind of vaguely, um, you know, gregarious. And it's this guy, Donnie McCleary. And we met up at lunch and we were chatting away and it turned out we liked all the same things like Python and the young ones and all the rest of it. So he just said, look, do you want to come around my house like next week and we'll just maybe write something? I said, well, how does that work? Because I hadn't long been writing at this point and I'd never written with anyone else. I said, do you just start writing with someone? Is that how it works? And then we went round and we wrote a sitcom pilot in, in like two days. And the thing that we wrote was, we, I think we came up with the title first and I can't remember if it was me or him, but I, I said something about Scottish widows. And they thought, that sounds like a sitcom rather than a, you know, an actual life assurance company. And then we had this idea of it, it was seven widows that all their husbands had died in the same fishing incident and that they were living in this kind of three-story house and it was all generations of women. And I couldn't tell you what the plot was, but to this day, I think it's a really good idea for and, and also as well really really you know now you're told to write for women you know or, 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 or don't just write male characters but uh, don't do the male gaze yeah. thing but you did it by you did it all and it wasn't really ago. even a cynical thing it just it was just from a stupid idea for a title and and i, I guess you know i mean my mom's really funny and so i guess it just it wasn't even an issue for me it's me you're about to hear an advert now if you want to listen to the podcast ad free and my Friday radio show, all you got to do is sign up to the Patreon if you fancy, not if you don't. Uh, but if you do, the link is in the episode notes. Carry on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What other brilliant ideas lay nestling in, in the iPhone uh, notepad? Well, I've got one here. Um, oh, yeah, accountant and client at a football match. So this what well, this was. I remember now. Um, I'd been to see... Um, it was a, a football team that my, my brother and sister were involved with, the Broomhill Sports Club, and they're kind of like lower level team, and they they managed to actually get to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup, and they played Hibs. So you had this big away day going to watch this game, and the BSC fans were, I mean, they really went for it. They brought like megaphones and like drums and all of it, and they were, but <laughs> it was. It, look, I'm a football fan, right? And it embarrasses me how offensive football fans are. And how it seems to be you can say anything about anyone and there's no comeback, right? But they started singing about Jack Ross, who was the Hibs manager at the time. And there was absolutely no basis in facts for this whatsoever. Not that that mattered. But they started singing, his more's a mattress. No, no, his more's a dad mattress. His dad's a pedo. Jack Ross, his more is a mattress. To the tune to, to of The Great Escape, right? And I, I, I turned to my nephew and I said, where'd they get this from? He said, oh, it just, it just scans. So, just so, I just, so I just, and it, no, to be fair, they did quite a good job. I mean, you know, it, it worked like rhythmically and all the rest of it. And uh, it worked to the tune. His more's a mattress, his dad's a pedo. And so I just imagined like an accountant taking his client to a football match and they're shouting this stuff. But between the verses, they're having a serious discussion about, you know, work. And then they're jumping okay. back on. So I think that was just, the, yeah. the point there was just how, oh, how, yeah. how our IQ drops when we're watching football. And I'm, you know, it embarrasses me because I am a football fan, but I think... I love the juxtaposition, you're right, though. I love the juxtaposition that you're creating there between a, a, a sort of... Because it's always it feels like that's a, a really great standard in comedy, the, the sort of well-heeled, well-to-do, um, respectable person, but then flicking into this complete thuggery yeah. and then flicking back out of it into... So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I think that 2021 could be a really good year for us as far as profits are concerned. Your dad's a pedo! That kind of I'll thing. Be, we we yeah. talk about it, in, in, especially with the Celtic Rangers thing, we talk about 90-minute bigots. <laughs> where, you know, people are genuinely for 90 minutes are talking about being up to their knees in Fenian blood. And yet they wouldn't dream of seeing anything like that when they, when they, when they got home. They'd, they'd probably work with, you know, amongst Catholics and Protestants and their pals. So, uh, yeah, I suppose that was sort of the point I was making there. But, yeah, that, that came to naught. What else have I got here? Oh, oh, yeah, guy telling, guy telling an evolved joke on a train... And then is interrupted by the train announcer, who then proceeds to tell the same joke. I still, I still think there's something in that. It just, it would just take some doing. I mean, the thing is that I've got like a series worth of sketch ideas, which you know may still see the light of day. But sketch shows are kind of passé now. Is the idea of the last one that you said? The guy's quite proud of this joke, and he's just about to tell it, and then the announcer ruins it by telling. Telling the, the, the joke. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the thing is, he, he interrupts it by giving some information and then he tells the joke. Yeah. What else I got here? Oh, well, now, here's the other thing as well is, is that I'll, I've got this kind of folder of ideas. Now, the good thing is, 
is that um, so I write and perform a show called Fags, Mags and Bags on Radio 4 and we can put a lot of these kind of half-baked ideas or niche observations in the script in the show because like I don't do stand-up I mean I do Twitter but I don't do stand-up so sometimes it's a good place to put kind of observation stuff in in when 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 my character Ramesh or, or uh, Donnie's character Dave are just chatting in the shop sort of thing so it's set in a shop you see so like I've written here vampire AGM fish finger crosses Geordie vampire now the idea of that was was that it was going to be like an actual vampire AGM and you know that you got your regional vampires representing and um, so they're saying, uh, can we please have a show of hands? Are fish finger crosses, um, are they legit? I mean, if they've not been blessed with holy water, are we repelled by fish finger crosses? Uh, what about lolly sticks? Do they work? And then the Geordie pipes up and says, I just like to say, right, just fr- like straight up, like no one takes us seriously in Newcastle, right? They just don't because it's the accent. I don't know what it is. And the irony is that, you know, like, you know, Dracula came to Kobe, didn't he? But no, no, they don't take us seriously, do they? And I just had, the, I just love the idea of a Geordie vampire. So we, but what we've done is we've actually taken those ideas and we're currently we've we've just recorded series ten of Fags, Mags, and Bags actually in the edit right now, Sean, uh, and and we put all the stuff in that. So the idea is we've got um, so my character's son Sanjay, he's a bit in love with Gribo, who's his best friend. He's actually in love with him and hero worships him. And Gribo has decided to identify as a vampire. So we're, we're kind of sort of having a bleak look at just the whole um, identifying as and, you know, thing. So uh, we've got all this vampire stuff in there because you know, one of the... Um, one, one of the uh, so when he says, oh, that's Gribo a vampire now, we, we grill him. So... Also, can Gribo come into the shop? Because you know I've got many Kievs in the freezer, but they, but you they don't get the smell, do you, when they've been in the freezer, do you? So I don't know. Uh, and and it's saying to him, you know, c- c- can you have Penny Arabiata? It's got garlic in it. It's just stupid yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So we managed to recycle some of that vampire nice, chat into. It? You need an outlet. And it's a nice place to put it. Yeah. You need an outlet, and it, it can't always just be Twitter, can it? You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got a couple of places I can put this stuff, thankfully. And we must quickly touch on corner shops and stuff because. Navi in Still Game uh, and his wife Mira, they run the corner shop, and that's where a lot of, of, of that the action happens. And as you say, fags, mags, and bags. Um, uh, you, you, there's a, and you work you yourself. You, 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 did your parents have one? Yeah. So when I was about and you, you worked in it for a little while. Uh, yeah, you in your early I, 20s, would, I would go in after school and help out for a couple of hours, and, and that was where my obsession really started. Because apart from anything else, I would see my mum. Wearing like a shawakamis. And the thing is, my mom was a trained teacher. She's incredibly articulate. As is my dad, he was a teacher. So you'd have people coming into the shop and they probably didn't quite know how to broach this wee Asian woman. And then her English was brilliant. And also she always impressed on us that our English should be good. I remember once saying to someone, would you like a bag? Do you want a bag? And my mom said, no, you say, would you wish a bag? Which to me sounds wrong anyway. But but it was just, it was just that thing of, and I think this is where the people pleasing thing comes in. I think... It's almost like I took from that we're representing here, you know, we're, we're representing Asians. So, you know, make a good, always make a good impression. And I think that's where that actually comes from. But also just the fact that she was almost like, like there's a one point because she trained as a social worker. I remember once someone came in and my mom helped her with the forms and stuff. So it felt like it was more than a shop. It was almost like cheers. It was like mom was a tiny Asian Ted Danson. Or maybe more like Carla, but you know, it was it was that thing of it was a pe- where people did know your name, and and obviously the whole thing about uh, news agents is, uh, uh, 
without wanting to. If I'm your shopkeeper, I know your business. If you're in for, you know, if you're in for um, a, a fishing magazine, well, I know you're into fishing. If you're in to get a Lucas aid and a, and, a, and a bumper puzzler, I know that you're visiting someone in the hospital. For instance, if you're the, if you're one of the local fellas who's been married for 31 years, but you've come in for prophylactics, for instance, or condoms. I know that you've got you're getting your leg over somewhere else in the in, in the exactly town. and you, you, you're exposing yourself exactly it's what you choose to do with that information Sean do you choose it to be a negative force or a positive force and what we did with fags and mags is we said Ramesh and Dave are nice people so they'll use this information for the good but also the other thing about news agents and, uh, about confectioners is it's just how surreal everything is you know you can you, you know we make up names of Chris like chicken acrobats and 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 prawn small particle colliders people will buy crisps really surreal like or chocolates like remember did you ever did you have chocolate tools when you were growing up like little miniaturized like saws and spanners like no, people, I don't think that we had that crestfallen about we all that I can really remember as far as that fun stuff was concerned was the chocolate cigarette so but, but it, it's quite it's quite a, quite a high concept you know also there's the little rubbery fried eggs like miniaturized fried eggs and someone's had the idea to miniaturize a fried egg and make it into confection that's actually quite a big deal and yet you're going into these shops every day and, and, and just buying these things like it's nothing so I, I think that's again it's about juxtaposition isn't it? about the quotidian and the quite really surreal and like uh, and I just I, I love when those two worlds collide so t- to me it was a, a no-brainer in terms of being a, a you know like a, a hotbed of comedy and we've had a lot of fun with it Radio 4 been very nice to us and just let us do what we want and be really quite out there and surreal um, but also we've unwittingly written a family comedy because it's it's always like Ramesh and dad and mum and dad and the two boys and the sons and you know we can have all that generation stuff going on as well which is great and do you, do you think that with stuff like that and talking about corner shots and, and, and talking about um, and like something like Still Game, I watch it and enjoy it because there's a certain undertow of nostalgia to it. Do you think that you're representing a, a soon-to-be-bygone era in a sense? You know, because you get these like Getty motorbikes now. Oh, I need a pencil and a fried egg. Oh, we can be there in 90 seconds. That... that this is only the latest threat to the corner shop, Sean, because it used to be like it would be the big out-of-town supermarkets and then it was the petrol forecourts. But the, the corner shop, like like Cockroaches and Jeffrey Archer, have managed to stand, withstand the test of time. And I think I think they will beat off all, all comers. Um, you know, I've always said this, if... Well, actually, maybe you've sold, you've sold the seed out of my mind. Cause I used to say, say this line, if you want to buy one toffee crisp, you're not going to do it online. But maybe, actually, <laughs> yeah. you will now. Maybe it's um, becoming reality now. I really, really hope not, though, because you're not going to get the chat, are you? You know, like if you if and it's 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 like for fuck's sake, you know how can you how can you spin out nineteen years of a of a sitcom about a guy a, a, a Getty a driver on a blue and yellow bike, you know, or maybe you can, I don't know. Exactly, Somebody probably is doing that as we speak. Can you just get? Can we have one more little deep dive into your into your notes, please? Oh yeah, um, it was. And I, I, I do hope to, to to make to make this sketch one day. So it's um, it's a, it's a uh, what you call it? It's a Tinder date, and um, so uh, the woman shows up, and and the guy said that he's he's blind, that he's partially sighted, but he's like, he clearly isn't, and he's so he's, he's eating, and he's like picking up the salt cellar, and say, this, I mean, this is all luck. Is this salt? Yeah, I was just complete. This is all luck. I mean, all of this is luck. I mean, this is I'm on, I'm riffing here, and and it, the whole thing, he just claims that he's partially sighted, and he and he isn't. And I, I don't that, that tickled See, so me. That's a little bit like um, my jazz singer that doesn't sing sketch. Exactly. 
it's come from the same place, isn't it? Just a pure um, surreality to it, isn't it? Like, and, and and sorry to sound a little bit like I'm on a, I'm on a soapbox, but it reminds me a little bit of our current uh, sort of cultural and uh, political climate, where you can just do a barefaced lie, and people seem to be frightened of calling it out now. Yeah, yeah. If you front out, if you front up enough, if you do it. Now I've always said this: if you forget someone's name, if you see the wrong name with enough confidence, then they they'll be convinced that they're wrong. It's worth trying. Well, also, you're um, right because Brian. also, even if it, even if they know you're wrong, it's like they'll still be a bit embarrassed about it. That, in a sense, I'm really embarrassed that I've got my name, and I wish I was called Steve because you seem so convinced that I'm called Steve. I wish I fucking was. I'm going to use that because I get people's name wrong on a on a trice daily basis. And the problem is, is that I know you as you know, I I know you better than I probably should, and I know that you're a good guy, and if. A lot of people, if they forget your name, it's because they don't actually respect you as a person. And I always feel that if I forget someone's name, that like they've taken a person. It's not. It's, it's about me. It's not on you. It's on me. So there you go. We, yeah. we, that's, some, that's something we can carry forward into the, the next part of our journey is just do it, but do it with complete conviction. Um, Absolutely. As, as Sanjeev does with, with all his work, uh, check him out. I think it's honestly, would, I would say it's probably worth joining Twitter if you're not on Twitter just to follow Sanjeev Kohli. You will get at least two fucking great jokes a day. I, I really mean that. Um, oh, that's kind of As well as all the other stuff that, that you do. Uh, and like you said, so it fags, Bags and Mags is in, on its 10th season now. 10th season, yes. Yeah, so we've just recorded it, in fact, last week. So I think it's in the edit now and it'll go out in maybe. February, March, something like that, yeah. And, and, and is, is still game resting like a steak or is it going to come back? What's the story there? Well, the problem is we all got killed off. I'm not up to that bit yet. So we, we, we did, come. yeah, so that's that series, is that eight or nine? We, we've done live shows at the Hydro in Glasgow, um, which sort of ran parallel to the TV show. So I suppose there's a chance it could be another live show or a film or something, but there's no plans. I think... We had, we had a bloody good run, and um, and th- I think we left when people still wanted more. I think I always say that. Just probably, you know, well, I mean, actually, I say the opposite. Leave them wanting less. I say and, until you get until you get kicked <laughs> out. That's 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 my mantra. Uh, but I think I prefer yours. Um, but Sanjeev Kohli, I don't know how else to say it. But thank you so much for sharing your trove with us today, um, and I hope we get to speak to you again some further point down the line. Thank you for. I would like to think that we will work on the same sketch yeah. at some point again we will be working on Tim Robinson's I think you should leave this time next year <laughs> Sanjeev um, thank you so much for joining us today on Sean Keaveney's cultural cul-de-sac it's been it's been entirely your pleasure Sanjeev Kohli he's brilliant He's a wellspring of ideas, like so many people who come to do this podcast. Um, just such a creative dude, and so fucking funny all the time. I mean, if you do follow him on Twitter, you—if you don't, you should. Um, I'd—I joined Twitter just to follow Sanj because, I, like I said, I honestly think he's—he probably mints about three or four brilliant jokes every day. I don't know who he does it. I'm talking a bit weird because it's really late in the top room um, in Dolly Sill. There's not even anything on the flight path now. Uh, everybody's in bed. We've got three kids. 
and a wife underneath me, underneath these flimsy floorboards. So that's why I sound a little bit in my throat. Um, so let's just cap this off with a couple of your ideas. I really do need more of these as well, if that's at all possible. Sean's creative cul-de-sac at gmail.com for your own um, ideas, lost ideas, inventions, bits of lyrics, sitcoms, everything. Bring it to me. Take it. Set it in front of me. If you send me a sitcom, I won't read it though. Just give me the top line. Uh, I've received this from Laura Reynolds, who says, uh, over the weekend, the small one, not that small, he's nine, has come up with a suitably disastrous invention for the cul-de-sac. Drum roll, please. Can you do that, Ben? It's a bit late. A watch that can turn people into bears, tigers or dinosaurs. What could possibly go wrong? Adds Laura. I like the sound of that. That sounds fantastic. I'd love to be turned into a dinosaur. What kind of a dinosaur would you be turned into if you, could, if you had the choice? Not a Tyrannosaurus Rex because of the tiny arms. I'd go for a, I'd be a herbivore. I've always wanted to be as long as 23 double-decker buzzes. It's not going to happen, is it? And this is from Mia Philipson. This is, this is quite involved, but I think it's worth reading. I've been sitting on a potential gold mine for about a decade now, Sean. I love emails that start like this. It's like those ones you have been contacted by Nigerian prince. Just send us your bank details and we'll drop $6 million into your bank account in it. I've done nothing about it, Sean, apart from tell people about my idea from time to time. And now here we are. You have provided the perfect vehicle to bring my idea to the masses. Well, don't know how many people listen, but carry on. Vehicles are lovely little segue to my idea, which will revolutionise marketing forever. Yes, you can use social media ads or the back of the local newspaper to advertise, but what's that over there in the field? Just on the left out of the car window. That's right. It's a cow with an advert on it. Could, C-U-D, it be any simpler? Meet Market specialise in marketing your brand on your livestock of choice. Mia's idea. That's right, a cow with an advert on it. Let's face it, cows and sheep are just standing about eating grass. They probably want a job and some income on the side. <laughs> no animal cruelty involved. Okay, perhaps a little humiliating, but no real harm. How many fields do we drive by bored out of our tiny minds? Rolling green scenery, totally unspoilt, well not for long. It's one of the last unexploited corners of the world. It's time for agroculture, or some joke like that. Burger King on a bull, Starbucks on a sheep, couches on a cow. The possibilities are endless. Let's work with our animal friends and give them options to earn a few quid. Meat market, brackets ing, were animal all over the place. She's just gone absolutely nuts on the puns here, Mia. Thank you very much for that. That's a brilliant and disturbing and dystopian idea. The sort of thing Naomi Klein would be extraordinarily upset about hearing. Um, thank you very much for it. Keep your suggestions and your ideas rolling in. And please join us in the cul-de-sac next week when we'll have another great guest and me banging on. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.